All righty. Welcome to Wednesday Night Musical Osmosis, where intelligent, dissident thought meets melodic, euphonious reality. I am your musically magnanimous host, Nick the Saucy One Cat Saurus, broadcasting to you live, as always, from the shadow of Hurricane Mountain here in Tennessee. And I also want to introduce my percussively proficient co-host, calling in all the way from Charm City, Maryland, Mr. Odell Norman. What's going on, man? Nothing. So how's it going? We um, haven't been on the air a couple weeks. How you feeling? How's everything going out there in Baltimore? Good, good. You know, uh, things are a little hectic in the uh, metropolitan area, if you will, with uh, all this stuff that's getting ready to happen. But uh, other than that, no, life is good, man. Yeah, I know. Um, I'll be coming out to Baltimore in April for our friend April's party, and we've actually got Reformed Horrors will be playing out there. We'll have them on the show, I'm sure, before then. Yeah, that'll be awesome. Yeah, that's going to be a crazy party. <laughs> and oh, lurking, yeah. lurking in the background, keeping this musical endeavor rolling, our competent producer, D. D, how you doing? I'm good. Somebody left a meat stick on my desk. Yeah, I so, saw that. I thought you brought that down there. No, somebody left me a present. So I'm nice. like, yes. Was yeah, it the man. jerky fairy? It was, it was the jerky fairy. It was the a most Slim Jim underrated fairy. of fairies, by mm-hmm. the way. The yes, meat fairy. Or she is. Yep, Why are you absolutely. assuming it's a he? It's just I, just, a I said or she. Uh, yeah. you know, I, nice save. Be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, going to be a crazy, crazy party. I... I have heard tales of the famous, wonderful April Gomez parties, but I have yet to attend one. So I'm like super psyched. I'm like, wait a minute. Should I wear a wetsuit (laughs) or just flame retardant underwear? I don't know. Scuba Steve. Dress like Scuba Steve. (laughs) Dress up as Scuba Steve. I'm not quite sure. You can never go wrong dressing as Scuba Steve. Yeah, I bet. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Her parties are legendary. So uh, it should be fun. and actually, the cool thing, actually, the band that I'm in now, we're we're going to be playing as well. So it is, Sweet. It'll be cool. No yeah, shit. So. I didn't even know you were in another band. Do tell. Yeah, man. Yeah, I'm with uh, playing with Andy uh, Dorsey and uh, nice. Chris from The Fallen One and uh, Ryan Taylor, that, who was also in a band with Andy not too long ago. So we're, we're all together. We've been playing off and on for probably about a couple of years now. Just, so is that more yeah, in the Onus vein or more in the Fallen One vein? <laughs> um... Or something completely different? It's a little bit different. It's a mixture. It's definitely influenced by both bands. So it's it's cool. Who's doing vocals? Dorsey? uh, Ryan and Andy. And and actually, all three of them are going to do vocals eventually. Uh, But um, but right now, primarily Ryan. You're going to get a nice little um, Phil Collins headset and join in on the vocals? Oh, no. No, no. I stay away from the microphone. Uh, hey dude i saw you perform at um wilmer's that time on the mic and that was fucking off the hook uh, <laughs> uh dude, the, the young days <laughs> i just remember all of us playing around doing karaoke at marianna's wedding and that was pretty cool i mean i was oh, really was really drunk <laughs> that was that like, was a great really, weekend <laughs> really really drunk but no it, it was still fun it was it was pretty cool i think we did all right it was oh yeah. It was good. yeah yeah it was all right good. We've only got a few minutes before we got to get our guest in here. Let us know everything that's coming up. All righty. We've got 10 tons of things coming up. Um, first off, tomorrow evening at 6 o'clock right here, uh, you will be able to hear the self-love podcast from our friend Mary called Uncustomary Love. And then Saturday yeah. at 7 is Life is Hard. Uh, then Sunday, we are going to have uh, the super talented Emma Arnold. And the super beekeeper fun, and comedian. Yes, be, I mean, how, like, how can you get more talented than that? <laughs> no, you know, telling jokes <laughs> and keeping bees. I mean, dude, I, I love honey, so it's all good. Um, and of course, our friend Sean Whalen, who is also known as that guy in all kinds of things. Uh, we're gonna talk all kinds of things twister with him. Uh, next Friday, we've got Rachelle Keeling coming back from King of the Nerds for some trivia. Then on the last Sunday of this month, we have our friend, the very funny Lisa Best, and also Ms. Margot Kidder. That's right. Wow. The original. And Lois it's weird how it happens. Wow. Somehow. 
we're Facebook friends. Mm -hmm. And she had posted something, kind of a pro-Putin post. She was upset at PBS and she thought Russia was going to roll deal. And um, I kind of chimed in because I'm reading this book right now by Kasparov. If you guys remember Kasparov, the uh, chess player, Gary Kasparov wrote a book called Winter is Coming because after he left chess, he went into politics. He actually ran against Putin. Like in 2004, and he was worried about being killed, and he came over to America and got asylum. And I was telling her about that, and we had a back and forth, a friendly, if you can believe it, difference of opinion back and forth. Mm -hmm. And then she kind of started coming on me and Fern's page, and I talked to her. And, dude, if somebody would have told me like 20 years ago, you would be arguing about like the virtues of Russia with Lois Lane, I would (laughs) have thought I took too much fucking acid, dude. Right. and now we've got her coming on. And she said she's not in jail because she's been going out to Standing Rock and protesting the um, pipeline. And she's going right. back out this week. So she said if she's yeah, not she's in jail, swimming. she's down. That's, that's going to be big, awesome. Big, she's big big into the, into a lot of – I mean, she turned her attention to like pro, like the protesting sort mm-hmm. things and, and, yeah, and, cool. and political uh, a while ago. So it's really cool. And that's yeah. really good. That's, that's going to be awesome. Yes. All right. Who else we got coming? And three weeks from today, we are going to have Caleb Cunningham from Project Lionheart. Yes. He is going to come yeah. talk music with us. Uh, then on the 26th of February, we are having Todd Newton from Whammy come on, who is, I'm just <laughs> excited because I, I love Who I love is Whammy. completely covered in tattoos? He now. is. I he know. He's a gentleman. And let me tell you, for. Somebody who's older than Nick, he's he looks very good for his age or for any age. Yeah, he's oh, a boy. sexy man, and he's he got is. a new book out too called "The Host with the Most Tales of a Tattooed Game Show Host." Yeah, he's very good. And um, we're going to talk about that. Yeah. And his Price is Right tour, he's doing the, he's yeah. hosting the Price is Right live on oh, tour. Yeah, I'd love to go do that. Okay, and then the nineteenth of next month, we are having our dear friend Jasper Cole is going to come back and join us, and probably the one I'm the most excited about from. Dirk Gently's Holistic Detective Agency. We are going to have Miss Fiona Duraf, aka Bart, who just goes to try to kill everybody. And I, I can't wait. I cannot wait because I really, really, <laughs> really love her character. Like she's a little crazy. She's best a little... performance of 2016 yes. on TV in my yeah. opinion. Yeah, one of those people you wouldn't want to meet in a um in in a dark alley but you definitely want the money well she's like in norway right now filming cold of chucky the new chucky movie wow because she was in the last chucky movie yeah yeah that's where i remember her from the last um child's play movie so good stuff yeah it is yep is that it yeah that's oh, that's what I got. Okay, I thought we had one more coming. All right, we've got so much going on. My brain. Well, we've fried. got a few things that aren't <laughs> set yet. Yeah, you know, yeah, like we'll that. hold off on that. Mm-hmm. And um, of course, tonight, Nanny Cox from the Feathers. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. You know, this is a band. In my opinion, I don't understand how they're not a household name. They've got it all, dude. They so I'm do. really they looking do. forward to mixing it up with her. And the and the story the story is amazing. Like. <laughs> I mean, it's yeah, it's it, kind of like funny. a Forrest Gump type tale. It's wild, man. I I I, I really delved into it. Uh, you know, the past couple of weeks, once we, we once we knew we were going to have her on, and I'm just blown away by just the people that she's you know met, uh, the places uh, they've played. Um, it's it's a really a lot to talk about. A lot to talk about. All righty. Well, let's try to get um real quick. Before Danny calls in, let me try to get we I didn't want to do a news story this week because the only music news I could find was more stupid Trump inauguration stuff. And we kind of talked about that the other day, the last time we did a show. So I pulled some of the um, some of these incidents where metal music in particular, there was a couple other bands, but it was mostly metal music was blamed for violent acts. And you've got Richard Ramirez in there, who was the night prowler. Or the Night Stalker, yeah. I guess. But he was um he he said that he was influenced by the A C D C song Night Prowler. And there's a whole list of them in here. Ozzy Osbourne, of course, Suicide Solution. Somebody had killed themselves listening to that song. Yeah. And um what are some Slayer. other ones? Slayer is in there quite a few times. Yeah, Marilyn three- Manson. 
Marilyn Manson, of course, Calabine, and then there was another one where someone killed somebody and tried to reenact a painting by Marilyn Manson. Yeah, yeah I and, think the Marilyn Manson one was the one where they killed uh, the the girl and redid the artwork that he that he had put on the one album. Um, they like mimicked it using her body parts, if you will. Yeah, and I mean, in the 80s and 90s, dude, that was a big thing. Like, people are like, if you play metal backwards, you'll go crazy and kill your family. And I know oh, your yeah. parents were, like, super cool about the music thing. We used to have band practice back in the government cheese days at your yeah. house <laughs> and hang out. Were your parents, like, ever, I don't want you listening to that band or devil music? Or was that the kind of stuff not on their radar? Um, It was a little bit. They weren't too... Uh, I, they they knew what I was listening to, but they didn't. There were certain things that I couldn't like. I couldn't have for the longest time. I couldn't put an Iron Maiden poster on my wall. That was a no no, just because I had a little sister and that would scare the Jesus out of her. When you know, and I had, good like, way I to had keep her Ace, out of your room. Yeah, true. I had an Aces High poster and uh, that Ben Ben Story gave me. I had that on my wall for a little bit. My dad was like, "No, nah, you gotta take that down because your sister's gonna have nightmares." Like <laughs> waking up in the middle of the night and seeing because I had it so prominently put in my room and um but no as far as this music they were aware of some of the stuff but for the most they were you know use use your judgment if it, it was one of those things i remember uh ben and i we i think i even mentioned it the last time we had we did a show at our church they had uh we used to rent uh get the video of uh like you were saying the um the the music like if you played it backwards it had all these hidden messages yeah, yeah, and it was so funny because, you know, at the time when we watched it, the only reason, like, we watched it was because they had all these cool bands on there. It wasn't because of that, but then all of a sudden, it was, that movie became like a, that documentary became like a cult classic, man, and it was like everybody just had it or played it, or you would go to a party and somebody would have it on just for fun, and you're always like, man, I remember and watching me, that when I was a kid. Uh, twisted little shit I was as a kid, when I heard that, I went and got my dad's record collection, and I was playing oh, like God. fucking Smother Brothers backwards and <laughs> yeah. Grand Funk Railroad. I was like, I'm going to find something in my dad's music that sounds like Hail Satan. That way I can throw it <laughs> in his face if he starts yelling at me. And it just all sounded like gibberish, of course. Oh, yeah. So let me ask you this then, dude. What would yeah. happen if Onus or Kid Dynamite or one of your bands got big? And then somebody committed a heinous crime, killed a couple people, and was like, I did it because of Odell's band, Kid Dynamite, Macaroni, like um, Elbow Macaroni, <laughs> made me go nuts and shoot up a Cracker Barrel. <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't know if there would be a correlation, but um, yeah, I guess you would feel some sort of uh, sense of uh, a little bit of guilt just because your name is being really put in there by somebody that actually did something heinous like that. Um, <clears throat> unfortunately, you know, that's not the reason. Well, fortunately, that's not the reason that, you know, somebody's already off their rocker. It's just, yeah. It, I mean, like, you know, Charles Manson with Helter Skelter. I'm like, really dude, that, that provoked, provoked you to, you know, do one of the most savage murders or have people do the most savage murders that you possibly could have heard of was because of a Beatles song. It's like, nah. That, well, the uh, oldest you know. one on there, we're going to get Danny Cox in here in just one minute. But, D, tell us about the oldest case of music um, being accused of promoting violence. Yes. Um, so, in Vienna, um, this girl was supposed to have killed herself, and they found her clutching a piece of music. And then in Budapest, a shopkeeper killed himself and quoted the lyrics from a song. And in London, a woman supposedly overdosed while listening to the song over and over and over again. Um, the song is nicknamed the Hungarian Suicide Song. And it's actually titled Gloomy Sunday by Re Rezdos Seres. Um, mm. And while, you know, nobody knows if people actually killed themselves because of the song, he actually did. Like, he wrote the song and... But they have himself. tied 18 suicides to that song, and even BBC wouldn't yeah. play that song until yeah. 2002. They banned because they were afraid yeah. that people were going to hear it and kill themselves because of it. Um, of course, Hungary does historically have one of the higher suicide rates in the I world. See, yeah, yeah, it's yep. like 46 out of 100,000, which is a lot. But 
the song is really <laughs> I, I I don't know how to say it. like I like it. I think it's very cool in a fan it's of the eerie sound, kind of but it sounds like something sure. you'd hear on American Horror Story right. or yeah. like I used to hear my little um spooky sound effect Halloween records when I was little. Yeah. It kind of sounds yeah. like that, like the voice is haunting on it, but it is. It, it's it's really, really pretty. Um and of course it's not in English. Um they've redone English version. Billy Holidays. Have you heard her version? No. You get a chance to hear Billy Holidays. Uh, she recorded a version of it of a gloomy Sunday, and yeah, um, yeah it's uh, it's it's. I mean, it's, I mean, Billy Holiday had that voice anyway. Yes. But her singing this song is like wow. It's a, yeah. But um. So yeah, is this bullshit? Intense. I'll let you um, have the last word on this, Adele, because we've got to get Danny in here. Is this bullshit? Do, does music have any impact? I mean, it has a positive impact on us. I mean, you could be in a bad mood. <clears throat> yeah, it, I mean, it does. I, mean, I, think, I think, I mean, it feeds, it definitely feeds into whatever you're going through. I mean, you know, I, I know when I listen to Public Enemy, um, I'm, you know, the words and the things that they're expressing make me want to go out and do research on you know, why things happen in this country or why society is a certain way. Um, so, yeah, when people hear, you know, depressing music, you know, but I don't think that's the key point to why people do what they do. I think it it, 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 it does sort of feed into that. But it, or it's everybody not, be like cutting their wrist back in the day and like Tower Record in like the Joy Division section, right? Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So like I think, I think, or whatever. I think there's something there, but I don't think that's the catalyst that springboards you into going into a school and killing, you know, 13 kids. That I don't yeah, think that's that, bullshit. That, yeah, yeah. All righty, fair enough. Um, okay, let's get Danny Cox in here from The Feathers, a band that I've been sweating hard for about the last six months. Danny, how you doing? Is this thing on? It is absolutely on. Hello. You, crystal Hello. clear. <laughs> good morning. Good, good Thursday morning from London. How are you guys doing? Wow! <laughs> yeah, it's after one. It's almost one thirty there. So let me thank you for calling in. Are you used yeah. to being up this late? Is this your usual like night yeah, prowler hour? Artists are up this late. All if right. they're not partying, they're writing songs. Nice. <laughs> being kept up by the flatmates. Yeah. <laughs> Sweet. All right. So here's the deal. I'm on YouTube. I'm clicking around, looking at new bands. I run across your band. I instantly fall in love with the music. Your voice is hypnotic. You guys have the look. Everything going for you. We start digging into your history. I mean, just pure, raw, DIY, like very do-it-yourself music. I know you guys have had a lot going on in your career. But let me start with this. It seems like you guys have so much integrity and you want to do everything in-house and do it yourself. Do you feel like that's kind of held you back? That you're like so like focused on doing everything in-house putting out a product you want to put out or do you feel like that's held you back or do you feel like that's really why you are who you are well what else am i supposed to do <laughs> well it'd be easy just to like jump on a major label even though you don't particularly like the label or get some professional no, it's not about the labels at all fit. actually it's, it's not about the labels at all it's more about um right now in london i don't know about what it's like there in america but over here in london and the uk there, especially London, there's so many bands mm. who are who are trying to do this, who are trying to, or some most bands aren't trying to get to where I'm trying to get to. But it's not like those days where you could just be, you know, yourself and get noticed for that. So you really have to do yourself, man. I've I've kind of been wanting a manager for so long, but they they don't they don't come. Or they, there's lots of people who say and and sort of sort of give you words that they're going to help you out and they never come to it so you, you kind of I kind of have to kind of just be a big girl and do it all by myself you know I've never been sort of saying I'm DIY and that's the way I want it sod the labels you know of course you know I'd like to be signed by a label that would sort of get me into a position where I can get just enough money to do the things I want with music but uh, because I haven't, I've actually, what I've done here with DIY is get in touch with a lot of people who are on the similar nature, whether that's uh, recording studios, um, you know, music video people. And, you know, it's all been a voluntary thing. And so, you know, I haven't got the money to do it DIY myself, you know. So it's kind of been a lot of people believing in me and what I do. 
and and this is and this has been the outcome so far. Well, and I was to saying in the uh, metro, I was like, this is a band when you when you look at them perform, and I watched a bunch of live videos as well. When you look at the connection with the audience, when you l- just look how they present themselves, the music, they've got the chops. I don't understand why you guys aren't a household name, and that's got to be frustrating because you've been in this for a long time. And I mean, it just seems like the packaged product, the feathers should be like renowned household name at this point. That's how I feel about it. Yeah, I mean, I feel about it also, you know, that's something we've got in common already. <laughs> yes. I just know, I just, I feel like um, everything happens at the right time for the right reasons, you know, whether we're all coming together right now at some kind of global boiling pot where everyone's had such enough of how terrible the situation has been for people um, living, you know, I mean, I guess it's okay for the rich people, but, you know, people like us who have, you know, with you and Trump and us with the Brexit thing and everything that sort of has been accumulating over the past couple of years now, maybe the past decade. Yeah. Um, it, it's coming to a point now where I believe, I mean, I really believe that something's going to really happen. So, you know, it's all about kind of just believing in that. I mean, I, got, I you know, I'd li- really love to get my band over the States. But it's kind of difficult because as a musician myself, I'm skint. You know, I, I sort of work in a in a sort of rock and roll bar. You know, I'm living the rock and roll lifestyle down here in London. You know, it's about kind of trying to get someone over in the States who'd just be like, right, as long as I can just afford... Because like, airlines are so expensive to get to... Oh, America. yeah, they are. It's ridiculous. Yes, you know, both ways. Everyone tells me, everyone tells me how great the feathers would be in America. I yeah, it seems that. like I, a no-brainer. I mean, you guys, like I said, you definitely have the formula down. But I want to get back real quick to something you said about Brexit and Trump. We yeah. had um, Corey Clark from Warrior Soul on the other day, and he lives in Greece. And we were talking about austerity and um, mm-hmm. just all of the political upheaval over there. How do you feel like everything that's going on over the years? Have you seen a change in the audience? Are they more hungry to just get out there and go to shows and just get that energy out? Or is it not affecting, is the political climate not really affecting your audience? I think it could be a mixture. It depends where you go. In London, you do get a lot of people who are the who are like the old sort of punks from the 70s. And you do get a lot of new kids as well who are sort of fed up you do get the special people who come out and watch a show there are so many people who just sit at home complaining on facebook about the state of the world but then they're on facebook consuming the state of the world and complaining about it it's like this really random thing but the people who do come out to the shows you know they come out because they want to come out um whether that's to do with uh political climates or not but whether you're on Facebook or on a show or at a show, everyone's getting kind of pissed off. <laughs> I think there needs to be a freedom, a breakthrough of freedom. And I think that can only be kind of outraged in, in music and creativity. And I think, I mean, I think there's going to be riots, you know, like proper riots. You know, the people who matter, I think, are really going to come through. You know, the people who have just been ignored and lied to all this time, and that's you're talking billions and billions of people i really believe it's going to be a, a time of change just like you know the time it all happens everything goes full circle i really believe that so what do you feel like your responsibility is then as an artist do you feel like you have a responsibility to like get on stage and wax political and kind of spread some knowledge or are you just there as kind of the steam valve so people can blow off steam, have a good time, and forget about all that bullshit for the hour or two hours they're at the show. I, I feel like um, I think people can just take me as they want to perceive me. Um, I'm not someone who who can say that I want to just have fun and be a steam valve or some kind of you know some kind of buffer. Uh, man-sized tissue but I I kind of you know I kind of also I'm I'm a screaming person who is just like everyone else just wanting this freedom 
I've been wanting this dream ever since I was little. And if I wasn't held back by certain people in my life before coming to London, I've been held back financially. I've been held back by lots of things, but I still don't let that get to me. And it's about coming forward and, and sticking to what you believe in and doing what you want to do. So whether I, I don't want to come across as a political band, but um, I also I do also feel like I, I've got sort of a lot of... I'm, I'm a band of the times as well, you know, so... <laughs> yeah, well said. Um, do you feel like that when you're in the writing process and, and making music, is, is your creativity, is it reflecting more your personal struggles or is it reflecting more these ideas that you're conveying here tonight on the show, the more political? Um, I feel like my lyrics come from something inside everyone. Um, I feel like I'm a very... I'm a sort of um, a collector, really, of people's uh, feelings and emotions. I'm more of a tactile person. Um, being someone who writes songs about how I feel, I also feel everyone else feels too. And that what, that's what compels me to write. I don't go out of my way to write a sort of angry song about the state of the world. I just feel it, you know. But it's very high energy, and once again, I can imagine. I mean, Odell, you've seen the videos. I mean, those videos, there's so much energy there. And also yeah. <laughs> with the image, and I keep coming back to image because, I mean, I feel like this is something that's missing in rock and roll now. I remember I grew up on Kiss and Alice Cooper and bands I that were theatrical. Yes, I mean, they're a yeah. huge influence on me. And I feel like bands, David Bowie, of course, and we'll get to him in a few but I feel like Iggy, um, all those bands, I feel yeah. like we're missing the image that rock and roll used to have, the sharp edges. Yeah, I feel that too. Yeah, and you guys yeah, definitely yeah. have it. Is that conscious? Are you like, I want to kind of put image out there? Or is that just who you are and that's just how it's translating? I've always been a bit of a weirdo, so I've just kind of just been – the way that I dress and the way that I am is just self-expression. And I, I would just hope that I'm not out there to be like, oh, look at me. I'm so different. You know, I would just like – this. I've always been this way. I've always been a bit of a weirdo, dressed a bit differently, being a bit out there. And I would just really like to influence other people to not be afraid of that. You know, my whole issue at the moment is makeup and how girls can wear makeup to express themselves. But guys can't and i would just really love it if we can all as one just kind of embrace expressing ourselves as much as we can you know that kind of thing so the whole image thing is is really self-expression and um i've had this fantastic fantastic clothing designer uh, called diane goldie she's another one of the tribe i say tribe i mean people like <laughs> us you know people who are coming right. together she's this incredible uh i wouldn't say fashion designer she is a wearable art maker and, and the clothing that I'm wearing in that forget all you know video is, is is made by her and she's absolutely brilliant. She's a brilliant woman and she's she's another person because I think image and music goes hand in hand, you know. It's about seeing and hearing and doing the right things with your own self to make a positive impact on not only other people's lives but yourselves too, you know. That's what it's all about. So why have we what? lost it, do you think? Because, I mean, it does seem like everybody's kind of fallen in line and they're all carbon copies of each other. Why? I mean, is there just a total lack of individuality in the music world now? I think it's easier now to have rich kids from rich families yeah. be famous yep. Yep. than it is to go out and watch a band and scout a band and think, these guys are great, let's give them a chance. It's easier to have, I'm not going to name anybody, but it's easier to have said rich daughter of a rich man um, to just go yeah, on stage we hear you. And, 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 just, and just act badly. Um, and they get lots of money for it, you know, and, and that's a real shame. It, it's, um, there's more money in making money out of rich people now and us sort of... Poor people. Yeah, <laughs> Me, I'm not saying that you guys are poor. <laughs> um, you know, middle class, you know, I guess. Yeah, we're, yeah, we're middle class. We work, we working hard. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But no, yeah, it, I yeah. think, and it, it, you make a good point because it's like, um, and that's in all aspects. That's in TV. That's in um, music. That's in even even food. I mean, for I mean, this the 
the aspect of, okay, you know, to really watch a really good TV show, you have to find, you have to dig deep. You have to find the alternative stations to find a really good TV show because everything is so quote unquote reality based, which isn't reality at all, but it's, um, you know, it's like president coming into office. Yeah. Yeah. For crying out loud. So it's um, one of those things. And like going back to what you were saying about, you know, dressing and makeup, you know, one of your mentors and close closest friends, uh, uh, Boy George, was an influence on somebody like me, like Boy George and Cindy Lauper. Those were the the the, the cats that stood. Prince, the, Michael Jackson, even those were the cats that stood out when I was little. Like I was going around the house singing Boy George when I was like eight, nine years old, and my dad was like, "Who the heck is Boy George?" You know, and I'm like, "Not would show him." He's like, "Oh." Okay. And he was like, well, he looks, reminds me of George Clinton, you know, and stuff. That's what my dad used to He's like, yeah, he looks like George Clinton from Parliament. I was like, okay. And he would show me pictures of George Clinton and James Brown, all these guys, and where they dressed. And, but they all had their own and still have their own identity. And that's what makes them, you know, who they yeah, are. And, and George, I think that's. George is a really, really nice guy. Um, he, he's, and he differs as well to a lot of the egos that are on the scene, you know, um, yeah. he's a really nice guy and he's, he's really creative and proactive with his talent. And, um, yeah, he, he's just really great. I met him when I first met him, it was in the David Bowie exhibition and both me and him had this shared love, obviously for David Bowie and he, he loved right. the way I dressed, um, boy George. And, and so, yeah, he said, I, I need to do some music videos with you so me and him started doing music videos together and I went to the studio with him and, and I did some backing vocals on some of his tracks and then he decided that's to amazing. take me and my band on tour yeah, yeah. yeah you're talking about worked. somebody that knows the ropes yeah oh that is awesome. <laughs> and, and speaking of David Bowie, I mean, I know that had to be a devastating blow. We've lost so much great talent in 2016. I know yeah. you must have been devastated with the passing of Bowie. Yeah, it was um, David Bowie. Is, uh, David Bowie and Mark Boland from T-Rex were the two people that made me come to London to um, do what I'm doing with my band. And um, David Bowie has always been this sort of surrogate father. And what we did, you know, like what what I did with my band and stuff had always been literally David Bowie was like the soundtrack of my life. So, yeah, of course, when he passed, you know, I, I, I'm still trying to make sense of it, you know. So I think the whole world yeah. was kind of shocked by it. And I couldn't believe how many actual people came together on, on his passing as well, which I think is actually quite amazing and overwhelming yeah that was definitely amazing and we did a whole show i think it was the last episode right odell where we were talking about all the great talent that passed and it is a lot to kind of reconcile in your mind everybody that we lost last year it was crazy especially december like every other day somebody was dying Yeah. yeah and there were people that had like really had really ingrained themselves in you so not only were was it just people you know i don't want to take death lightly or anything but it wasn't you know people that were just passing like oh wow i remember him and this it was people that had actually influenced what i do now or have the reason why i do this is because i listened to their song or i followed Mm -hmm. what they did or so yeah so many it was just like a blow after blow after blow that was very difficult you know, we're digging through your history, and you've had so many lineup changes and, and changes, and there's been so much chaos. But you started off with Adam Ant. You, you know, you, you're friends with Boy George. You toured around with him. Do you feel like all that chaos has kind of held you guys back as well? Or is that just all part of the process? Because, I mean, your history is amazing to, to me. I came to London um, to make my dream as a rock and roll star, and no holds barred. So I ended up being in a lot of situations where I felt creative creative, and also creatively compromised. Um, huh. And having someone like David Bowie as a sort of surrogate father mentor, I kind of knew when to cut my losses with people. And also knowing a lot of people in London who wanted to collaborate with me and the feathers they got involved too so it wasn't a case of that was holding me back I'm a no holds barred person I'll stop at nothing to get somewhere you know Mm -hmm. and I will get there and I think you know if you're going to look at something as creative as for example my band um 
on the road to somewhere or even anything that's going to start off from something tiny to something massive it's a yeah. huge journey and there's going to be massive changes and nothing's going to be yes until you get there there's going to be loads of yeses and os and maybes and you know two steps forwards three steps back i've had it you know i've done that i'm still going through it it's frustrating but i i it's you can't give up if you have a dream that's strong and i've had this dream ever since i was born you know you're just going to have to get there and there's no going back for me. You know, I've given up everything. I've I've compromised and sacrificed my whole life to do this. And I need to be on the same uh, bandwagon <laughs> with people in my band who 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 feel the same. And that's why we've had many changes. Wow, well, you recently when, lost your bass player, right? Are you guys still looking yeah. for a new bass player? Um, well, we've got a fill-in bassist, and she's pretty cool. She's called Jenny Lane, and she'll play as many shows as she can with us. But I'm looking for an actual full-time bassist. Yeah, but I, I just sacked my last bassist because um, because of what I was just talking about. You know, um, having all these amazing shows that we've got coming up and festivals mm -hmm. and yeah. talk of coming to LA and talk of doing uh, more shows uh, outside of um, the UK – um and being compromised i I won't, I won't have people compromise i want as a band we are 100 percent a band but you have to be 100 percent with the band you know you can't just say i'm with the band and then indulge in all these amazing shows and then not be part of the band you know so i just kind of we're, we are looking for a basis to actually stay with us but we've got we've got loads of people who collaborate with us so it's not a problem you know um We'll get we'll we'll get there. <laughs> I've got there so far. <laughs> Do you start out with a vision? In other words, is the feathers in your mind sound wise? Because you guys have gone through a variant like different sounds, and it's one of the things I love about you guys. Are are you where you like just creatively? Not even talking about success wise. Are you where you wanted to be? Just performance wise, music wise, a few years ago, or do you feel like the feathers is a what totally different by, thing? What, what do you mean by a change of music? Well, I mean, we're going to play um, Moon Age Daydream in a moment, okay. and that song is very different than Forget All You Know. And it seems yeah, sure. like you can listen to a feather song and always get something different out of it. Is that by design, or is that from all the lineup changes? And is, are you, do you have an overall vision, or are you just going where the sound takes you? Well, I'm the songwriter, so every single song that I write is different. You know, it's it's, it's kind of like um, it's just what I do as art. You know, if I was going to be mm -hmm. someone who's going to paint the same kind of painting every single week, then I'd just be kind of like one of those artists. But I'm just kind of, you know, or like a, a chef who makes the same dish every day. You know, I'd be like that. Uh, this is what my music that I write and I, I, I create and I perform when I am is, is me and I'm different. You know, like our emotions are different every day. Like our feelings are different every day. Like sometimes between our daily routine, we'll do something different, you know, and, and that, that is, that's me. You know, sometimes we'll wake up and go to the toilet and take a shit like nine o'clock in the morning and sometimes we'll do it late <laughs> at night. And for me, that's like songwriting. It, it changes and it, it, it goes different directions. And that's what music should be about, really. And I'm glad that I'm not just having one sound for the rest of my life. And mm -hmm. if, I'm, if I'm doing all these different sounds now and I'm, I'm not really mainstream, it just goes to show what anyone can do with their art for the rest of their lives. And I think that's good, and it, but it works for some bands, right, Odell? Like Pennywise, you can listen to the seventh Pennywise album and the first one, and it's basically the same formula and the same sound. And then there's a lot of bands who have tried to vary like face-to-face -face and failed miserably. So it really is a gamble, but it sounds like you don't um, – Danny, you don't have any expectations. You just – like I said, you take it where the music's taking you at any particular moment, right? Yeah. I, I mean – as, as well, these people were signed to a record label who expected certain kind of songs from them. Yeah, you know, and they were controlled to sound like these songs uh, or, or these this way, this direction. I mean, you know, you can take it like The Damned, for example. Yeah, and they sound different in almost every single album. Every yeah, yeah they did. 
Uh, and also um, with Green Day, for example, as a modern intake on, for example, American punk pop, um, you know, they, even though they've got that punk poppy thing going on, they sounded different through uh, Dookie to to Insomniac to Nimrod to Warning. They always sounded different. They always had different mm-hmm. sort of, you know, when you start getting like, having the same old same old expectations i mean that's all right but no one wants to be cold play forever you know yeah yeah truer words were never said that is is so true (laughs) yes absolutely um let's play moon age daydream because i really like this song and like i said i'd like it when bands break it up and acdc is the same way right odell acdc is a band where you could put on a 17th album and it's acdc and and that's good for what they're doing but i also like when people mix it up actually i think it's more interesting when people mix it up yeah i love this song it's the best i've ever done wow really nice yeah i love it i love the song too so okay well let's go ahead and hit it then since everybody loves the song go ahead and hit it
Yeah, I gotta tell you, that song and your vocals in particular, Danny, that song is infectious. But I'm yes, actually surprised that you don't play <laughs> piano on that song when I found that out, because I know you're a pretty proficient piano player. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> How did you know that? How did you find that out? Oh, I do my research. Trust me. <laughs> my Mike Garson's impersonations. Yeah, yeah. And then that was uh, that piano playing was by Clifford Slapper, and he used to be a pian- uh, piano player, a pianist for uh, Boy George and David Bowie himself. So it was really oh, wow. kind of cool to have him on that single. Yeah, that was great. That is awesome. Oh my gosh. Yeah, and Dee loves it, and I never, um, you know, me and Dee are married, and I play her all my punk rock and, like, really hardcore rap music, and she hates it all. But she actually loves you guys, right, Dee? I I don't hate all of it, and and Nick really nailed it the other day, because if I can't sing to it, I I usually don't like it. Like, if I can't understand all the words, if I can't sing along... And I can't do like screamo or death metal or, and I can't do mm-hmm. it. Like my voice won't, I know there's a way to do it. I've just never learned, you know, mm-hmm. but no, I yeah. love, 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 love your guys' stuff. And I was just telling mm-hmm. the guys, I was like, you know, this reminds me of something that would be like on some kind of new Rocky horror type movie. Like, I, I don't know, <laughs> like maybe get cool. William Shatner to do like some space love triangle. <laughs> yeah, Shatner musical. makes everything better. Yeah, that would be awesome. Like, I could totally see it. Like, and everybody would be, you know, in the movie theater, singing and dancing along and throwing popcorn. And, yeah, it'd be the whole – it'd be awesome. It'd well, when you do well, it, Danny, it's like – oh, good. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just saying, I think I, I, I mentioned it to you guys. I was like, it's 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 ironic that you said that, you know, the, the, the pianist on there was from – play with Dave. Because I was thinking, I was like, man, David Bowie would sound great on that song. Like, you you know, you guys do like a yeah, duet type deal on yeah. – Take on, me on right that song, yeah. I think that <laughs> no, I'm just saying a version of that song definitely. Like I could see you two on that song together, and I was like, oh, man, right, this is okay. a song that he would love to. I was like... joking. I was joking. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, definitely. Hey, David Bowie would have done Moonish Daydream a lot better than I did. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, <laughs> I think so. Anyway, and that's just me being a fanatic fan. I think David Bowie does anything better than anybody. That's just yeah, definitely, like, yeah. especially Moon Age Daydream. That is true yeah. enough. <laughs> so, how does that translate live? I mean, when you go out, because you've definitely got the chops vocal wise, and there's a lot of soul in that song. Does yes. that just totally drain you? Do you play that at the end of the set because you can't? Oh start no, that's usually that? my warm up piece. Really. I would yeah. think that would just drain you energy-wise because it's got no, so much soul. No, that's just me getting started. That's the foreplay. Oh, there you go. Nice. Very sweet. All right, <laughs> let me get this. Um, you know, I keep seeing you guys referred to as flock rock, and I don't know if this is like – remember um, when I was doing even Stephen O'Dell and I was like, we're saucy punk, and I was like, we're the best yeah. saucy punk band because I just invented that term. Like <laughs> – the whole flock rock thing, is that kind of like a similar thing? Like, hey, we're just going to give ourselves our own little genre, and then we kind of rule that genre. Um, it was more of a case of when we started playing, um, everyone kind of having a band name like The Feathers. For example, like over here, we have like bands like are called, um, I don't know, ah, Sick on the Bus, or um, these kind of... <laughs> These band names that are kind of, I don't know, like, for example, Penetration or Discharge or all these, like, punk names, you know. <laughs> and, and, we, and we're called The Feathers, you know. <laughs> and people, I, I always called the band The Feathers because birds of a feather flock together. Nice. And so people uh... used to come, people used to come to our shows and say, this is flock rock, because they couldn't understand if it was punk, glam, pop or shit you know so they just called it flock rock so we decided to name that our genre yeah so in a way yeah it's, it's a lot of fun it's you know part of it's a part of uh, sell, selling the um the whole image you know flock rock the feathers. i couldn't agree more and you are masterful at the marketing end of it like i was saying about the image and everything i just feel like rock and roll has really lost its edge Are you inspired at all by any music coming out of America? Because I always, you know, when I was young and into metal particularly, I read Kerrang. I never read fucking Hit Parader or Circus or any of that garbage. I always waited for my store, my record store, which was Record Mm -hmm. Etc. Odell and Smallwood. I'd get them to special order me Kerrang! magazine. And that's what Mm -hmm. I looked at 
to see what was coming next in music. Mm-hmm. They were always ahead of the curb. Do you feel like America's behind the curb musically? Because I sure do. Um, well, to be honest with me, I went, what made me pick up the guitar, um, I was always very, very heavily influenced by music all my life. Um, but for my own personal choice, when I got to a teenager or an early teen, um, it was Green Day. And for me, um, Green Day and the whole emo scene, for me, <laughs> you guys are all looking at each other right now like, oh, my God. But um, No, no. I mean, hey, I was big in, big in I mean, Nick and I, we, seen, we saw Green Day at, what, the old 930 Club right before they took oh, off, man. Cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah, back uh, in the lookout they, days, they were when they were yeah. pure. I think they've kind of lost. They, they sounded like stiff little fingers. Yeah, yeah, I've heard they that. They were a really, really amazing band. And Green Day with yeah. the American Idiot album made me pick up guitar. When American Idiot came out, I was thirteen. Oh my so, god! Oh, wow. Dating us, we're in our you are, woo, hello. <laughs> I was like working, you know, kids on the way. I think that was <laughs> my second marriage by then. I remember the yeah because the first time I saw Green Day was with Tilt and Bad Religion. And cool. that was 1991. Uh, I was like a few months old. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> okay, so now I feel old even because I would have been like 12. Yeah, I'm okay, so, okay, I, I'm okay. Old now. Okay, guys. For my beer now. This is getting depressing. I got to take my Geritol in a second. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got to wrap this up. Uh, Danny, what does 2017 have in store for the Feathers? What do you guys got coming down the track? What? what where do you want me to start? start <laughs> you need to do another new radio show for that, I think. <laughs> Get out my gig stuff. Just give us um, the best and brightest of 2017. What do you guys got coming up? Well, we've got a lot of... Um, a lot of shows coming up that I, I like to keep my own counsel about because if I start telling them too early, they don't happen, you know. Do you ever get like that where you feel like yeah. you've got to keep it to yourself until it actually happens and then you're like, oh, hey. yeah. oh yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't we're want also, to we're also, Yeah, there's a lot of really exciting things like that coming on board. Um, we're also um, releasing an EP, then we're recording an album. We have the, in for the UK, things that we've already got planned, but that's just the UK um, I'll let you you guys in America know what's happening when I can. But um, for the UK, we're playing loads of festivals, really big festivals over here, and lots of other new shows, lots of brilliant shows. Um, you just you just have to check us out, you know, with the feathers with a Z <laughs> yeah. on on Facebook. Um, and I think that's kind of shit that I have to say that. But we wouldn't be having this interview if it wasn't for Skype. So. Um, <laughs> Yeah, and I found you on Facebook, and that's that's yeah, the brilliant exactly. thing about yeah. social media is, yeah. you know, I go through every couple months, I scour through, I look at new bands, or bands at least that I'm not familiar with, on YouTube, and then mm. I seek them out on um, Facebook, and we've been friends on Facebook for probably like eight, nine months, and then I kind of see what they're yeah. up to and what they're doing, and then I reach out to them, yeah, and it's a brave new world. Our next world. gig is uh, 24th of March, and we're going all the way up to Scotland. Have you ever been to Scotland before? I've been In to Tijuana, and that's the only place I've been out of the country. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm actually... Um, I drink a lot uh, Scotland, and they have a good time. Okay. I'm actually going to be out in London uh, end of June, uh, visiting, uh, Nick visiting, visiting, yeah, visiting, uh, my good friend. He's, he's, I've uh, been living out there the last year and a half. And, um, Who's so he? me and, me and the, me and the wife are, are going out there, um, to, uh, visit him, but he's been going, he's been, he lives over by, um, Abbey road in that area. Sergio, uh, uh, right? Yeah. Yeah. So he, he loves, I mean, he, as far as music, he's like, cause he's a, a, a musician too. And he's like, he's been, he's seen everything. He like, <laughs> like he'll send me stuff like, yeah, I just went and saw so-and-so here and blah, blah, blah. Here. I'm like, oh my gosh, are you kidding me? Yeah, the UK is so, so much more cooler music-wise. Yeah, so, so we're, uh, um, we're going to be out there at the end of June. So I'll definitely so have to hit you up. Meet up. Maybe see one of my shows. I mean, we're playing a yeah, few Oh yeah. Oh my gosh, yeah. So, yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Cool. All right, um, besides Facebook, where can everybody find you online? I know you got a YouTube channel. Um, chickswithdicks.com. Yeah, most of our fans are there every week anyway. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, you, just it's, it's a bit like crime watchers. Just type in our name on Google, and and we're on YouTube. We're on we're on everything really. We're 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 on um, missing persons. Uh, we're on. <laughs> have you seen this? Woman? The Weather Channel. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Alrighty. Um, we're everywhere, you know. <laughs> just just search us. But yeah, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, we're called the Feathers Real. We we do some really interesting photos actually on that. Um <laughs> Yeah, you know, I had the hardest time. I always have to pick out a photo for the little promo invite I put together and I was just scrolling through you guys on Google and on your page and it took me like two hours to land on what fucking photo of you I wanted to use and I was like, my God, I've never seen anybody who had so many brilliant photos and it was just so hard for me because I didn't just want to put like the logo. I was like, let me get something of Danny because she's so interesting to look at. And it took me like two hours to even to find. I've never had that much trouble picking out a photo for the player. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I do have many good photos. That one you chose of me um, for tonight's show was taken by Rupert Hitchcock. Um, he's a really, really well-known photographer down here in London as well. He's taken many, many amazing photos. But, yeah, we're, we're quite lucky to have been shot by a lot of um for sure, I mean photographer-wise. Like, yeah, clear, yeah <laughs> we've clarify shot that. So many people, and I'm still not dead. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> look out, America! I'm coming. <laughs> Zombie band. <laughs> well, let us know. Definitely, let us know when you're in the states too, because if you yeah. um, make it out to the east, like I mean, Baltimore, DC, or those areas, we'd love to uh, meet up with you there too, and, and everything yeah. as well. Alrighty. So where in Carryville are you guys from? Is it Florida or Tennessee? Oh Tennessee. man, I yeah, we're not am from in... here. I promise. No, yeah. uh, Nick is from Virginia Beach, <laughs> and I'm from Northern Indiana. We're we're okay. not from here, but no, we live in Tennessee now on the side of a mountain. Where it's it's, it's affectionately called Meth Mountain. Yes, in all the meth labs. Did you guys name it that? Yes, we did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, they call them the Smoky Atlanta, Mountains. Meth and honey. They call them the Smoky Mountains, but it's not because it's pretty. It's because things blow up and they smell Yeah, bad. like when they told me, like when I moved out here, because I came out here to raise my daughter, and they're like, well, you're moving out to the Smoky Mountains. And as soon as you get off the freeway, you get off and Why you see all the Smoky Mountains. It looks like the top of it has like smoke or fog or something on it. Like Why? most of the Is time. It just like steam. It's, yes, it's a condensation and there's oh, always wow, steam. That's amazing. And you think it's this majestic like beauty of God, you come yeah. off the highway and then you realize on my mountain it's just a bunch of meth labs burning. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, there's nothing majestic about this at all. It's just burning meth labs and churches. That's uh, yeah. all this and, and the mountains caught on fire this year. They finally went out, but like, um, there was the town oh, of yeah, Gatlinburg. Like half of the fire. half of the town burned down. Like the whole town. Nice. And yeah, um, Dolly Parton had to donate a bunch of money and stuff to yeah. rebuild over in Gatlinburg. Oh, she's such a legend. I love Dolly Parton. Yeah, we're like we're like an hour away. We live right by Dolly World. Legend. Yeah. I love one of my favorite yeah, quotes is by her. It, it, it's really expensive to look this cheap. I love that yeah. quote. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she helped that. me build Gatlinburg, Dolly World's yeah. out there. And um, yeah, she's a really good person. She did a lot for the community out here. Yeah, like any That's family all. that was displaced or lost their home for six months, she gave them $1,000 to to like help them rebuild. Oh, that's amazing. I was like, wow, that's, that's incredible. a lot of people. Yeah, so they love yeah. Dolly. Dolly Parton for president. Let's just hope this recent news with Donald Trump gets him out and Dolly Parton can take over. Well, let's hope we that can reach look. 2020. There's still a country. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be interesting over here. So. All right, well, on that morbid note, we got to get out of here. Danny, thank you so much for calling in. Yes. This absolute Thanks for delight. having me. And when you have some new material coming out, we will be more than glad to have you back. Yeah, keep your eyes peeled. I always eyes peeled. I've been stalking you for months on the Facebooks. <laughs> in a nice way. then. <laughs> Not in a crazy, you know, Lots of love, guys, from way. London. See you again soon. Thanks very much, yeah. and good yeah. night. Bye. Thank you so much, Danny. Bye. We're going to play some um, Take One to Know One on our way out, aren't we, D? Yes, we are. And if anybody missed part or some or most of this episode, you can always go to www.tincan.media. 
That's wait, wait, all. you mean tincanmedia.com, right? No, tincan.media, and you will find everything there. Yeah, we'll have Boom. this. I probably won't do the show notes tonight, but the player will be up there tonight. I've already got the skeleton of it up, and you guys can go back and listen probably in about another hour. Yeah. Good all night, right, guys. Bro. Good night, uh, all. Now. Good night.